legacy I don't care if they remember me Only Jesus Welcome to another broadcast and I am Dreamwalker1960 As we continue to look into the verses that identify who are the lukewarm we come to 2 Peter 2 in which we see where many are turned from the course of salvation and led toward the realm of the lukewarm. Now I highly recommend that this entire chapter be read due to the imagery given of those that will tempt the people that are not only newly come to the church but are at times long-standing members within the body of Christ. We will however only key in on the important moment when many have been led astray without even being aware mainly due to a failure on the part of those in higher places within the earthly church, many of whom do not know nor even realize that the world is filled with lukewarm, including themselves. However, we must start with verse 1 of Second Peter 2, because here we get a clear image of who false teachers are in today's world. In today's lesson, I will also go straight to the King James. Verse 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. So I'm going to begin the word breakdown with false teachers, a spurious teacher, i.e. a propagator of erroneous doctrines. That's in Strong's. Spurious means not genuine, authentic, or true, not from the claimed, pretender, or proper source, counterfeit. A propagator, someone who spreads ideas, beliefs, etc. to a lot of people. Erroneous, containing errors, mistakes, incorrect, or wrong. Doctrine, a particular principle, position, or policy that is advocated as of a religion or government. Now we're going to break down the phrase privily shall bring in. That means to lead in a side, i.e. introduce surreptitiously. Surreptitiously means in a secret way so that others will not notice. Now the word damnable means ruin or loss from the Strong's. In the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament, it adds the word destruction to those listed in Strong's. Now we come to the word heresies, and it's not going to be what you think it is. Heresies is a choice, i.e. a party or a disunion. That comes from the Strong's. Now, when we get into the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament, we have a larger breakdown that we really need to get into so you have a true understanding of what the words heresies means in this particular situation. Now, if I were to quote from the Theological Dictionary, it would just take way too long, longer than I want to spend even on this broadcast. So I'm just going to paraphrase to the best of my ability so I will give you the essence of what the word actually means. Now, before I even do that, I feel it is necessary to explain to you how the Theological Dictionary works. It is a scholarly study that takes several Greek sources that have been made throughout the centuries, including the Septuagint, which they use to compare to the Old Testament and their Greek version so they can have a comparison 
of the Greek when they try to translate it into the New Testament. Now, the Septuagint was actually commissioned by Ptolemy II Philadelphus, who just happens to be the son of Cleopatra and Mark Anthony. I found that fact interesting. Now, from their studies of the words with Gavus heresies, they came to this determination. Heresies is likened unto a political party or a sect or a cult. This sect breaks off from within the early church itself where it gets its foundations. So it has foundations that appear to be Christian, but they drift in the wrong direction. They give a false gospel, much like what Paul described in Galatians 1 when he was talking about them hearing a false gospel and turning away from God. Now, we do have a modern equivalent of that in today's world. The prosperity churches are a great example of that, as, long as, as well as the Campion situation of the end of the world, which never happened. That is also a false teaching as well. And, and those that still follow that are still following a false doctrine, and so are a sect or a cult. And since they are a sect or a cult, they are heresies. So let's move on to the phrase, that bought them. That means go to the market, i.e. by implication to purchase, specifically to redeem. That's in Strong's. Redeem means to make someone free from the power of evil, especially in the Christian religion. That's from the Macmillan Dictionary. Now in the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament, it got long-winded yet again. But it boils down to the price that Jesus Christ paid for us upon the cross to save us all from the slavery of sin. This is stating that those that became these false teachers were once given the grace of salvation, yet they now deny this by the way they have turned away from the teachings of Christ and his disciples. Thus they are broken from the vine, for the fruit they bear is evil, which is verified in verse 2, and their fate is in verse 3. And so I shall read those verses now. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reasons of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetedness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now for a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Now in verses 4 through 6, Peter lists three great and past judgments as examples. The casting of the angels to hell, the flood which changed the earth and made it so humanity no longer lived hundreds of years, and lastly, he mentions Sodom and Gomorrah. Now we are going to look at verses 7 and 8, for this shows us that even though we are saved, we have our righteousness worn down. This is something I'm very familiar with myself, for I remember this erosion as I came closer and closer to my year of Job. And so I will read verse 7. And delivered just Lot, vexed with filthy conversations of the wicked. Now the word vexed means to labor down, i.e. wear with toil. Fatiguingly harsh, this comes from the Strong's. Now harsh is to disturb persistently, torment, as with troubles or cares. Bother continually, pester, persecute. That comes from Dictionary.com. Now I'll read verse 8. For that righteous man, dwelling among them, in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. 
which is something I encounter nearly daily even right now in my life. So I totally understand that this is wearing and vexing. So I know this is a very true statement. In verses 10 through 17, Peter describes those that live in sin and how they behave. However, it would take too long to get into and would take us off track from what I'm trying to teach. However, I highly recommend once again these verses be read in an understanding sought after. We will continue our lesson though starting with verse 18. So here is verse 18. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from them who lived in error. We'll begin this word breakdown with they allure, which means to entrap, delude. Now entrap means to bring unawares into difficulty or danger, to draw into contradiction or damaging omission, to lure into performing an act or making a statement that is compromising or illegal. Delude means to make someone believe something that is not true. Now the next word group was through much wantonness. In the Strong's it's simply described as lasciviousness, sometimes including other vices. Lasciviousness is lacking legal or moral resistance. As I quote from the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament, it just says, it characterizes Sodom and Gomorrah. It's, on book, it's in book one, page 490. Now the next word group is very important to pay attention to, and that is those that were clean, which means really, certainly clean, indeed, of a truth, verify. It's an adverb of the oblique case of on, meaning being, when, was, and which. That's all in Strong's. Now certainly is defined as used to reply completely or to emphasize something and show that there is no doubt about it. That comes from Cambridge Dictionary. The next word is escaped, to escape. So we would say those that were clean escaped from those who live in error. This could be translated to to which certainly escaped from them who lived in error. So even though the wording could be translated differently, the meaning is still the same. Those that live in sin tempt those that have turned to God's salvation through Jesus Christ, as will be enforced later. So let's continue on to verse 19 to where we will identify who the true slaves in the situation are. Verse 19, while they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same he is brought in bondage. So even though there is a promise of freedom, in actuality they are being drawn into slavery of sin. And so they serve their master, which is evil itself. Now let's look on to verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. We will start this word breakdown with the knowledge, which is recognition, full discernment, acknowledgement. Recognition means agreement that something is true or legal. 
Discernment is the quality of being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure. Acknowledgement is the recognition of the existence or truth of something. Now let's look at entangled, which means to entwine, involved with. Well, overcome is actually broken up into two different definitions in the Greek. The first part of it is to cause to be, to become. The second part of it is to be inferior, meaning I am defeated, am overcome, am made inferior. Simply meaning to cause to be defeated. The statement being made here is that those that become saved in the full knowledge of Jesus Christ, thus tying into verse 18, become tempted by the world and those in it to return to sin. Then it finishes that they would have been better if they had never learned and were given this salvation from Jesus, which is explained in the next verse. And so here is that verse, verse 21. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they had known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. In this word breakdown, I have one word, and that's delivered, which means to surrender, i.e., to deliver over to another to keep, to yield up, to entrust, to transmit. Then Peter ends this part of his letter with this, verse 22. But it is happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is returned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. The imagery here is very clear. You cannot interpret it any other way. The sin which was vomited up is revisited to once again be taken in, while the washing of the salvation that is given when accepting Jesus Christ as our Savior is ruined by returning to the mire of the sinful world, which they willingly return to. For the comfort they receive from the world is better than was required to live a life where you must constantly struggle to remain clean. And yes, it is a bit of a struggle. It's something you must do every single day. And so I have now come to the conclusion of this series and have established and given a solid foundation of who the lukewarm are. So let's do a little recap of all four podcasts. In the first podcast, I showed that they had asked Jesus to be their Savior and had become saved by receiving grace from God. Yet they turned their back on their salvation for the distractions of the world through a watered-down and false gospels that did not challenge them to stay true to their Savior. In the second, I reinforced this foundation with showing that they were upon the vine that is Jesus Christ, and you can only get there through salvation. And they chose not to bear fruit, and so were removed from the vine by God himself, and they willingly went to the world to be entertained, and thus ended up in the fire. In the third podcast, I showed that at one point they did service for God in Jesus' name, and bore fruit that can only be done if Jesus is a part of your life. Yet they later selected to stop bearing fruit that was valuable, and instead began to bear unsuitable fruit. Then, in the future, when they stand before the great white throne, Jesus will testify against them, and they will not be allowed to enter into the eternal life that is to come. 
Then we come to today's podcast where I showed how false teachers were also once saved and willingly turned their backs upon God seeking after the pleasures and rewards of this world, instead of seeking the eternal treasures which are promised from Jesus Christ. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we do not choose this world. For this domain we live in is not the creation we are promised. The short time we live upon this planet is nowhere near the life we will have in the glorious eternal life that is to come. So we have struggles and trials in our life. Is this not the pruning we were told will occur unto us in John 15? We cannot allow ourselves to fall for the temptation to seek after our lust or our greed that is offered by the world around us. For our true rewards are not here within this realm, but in the true life we are promised. When Jesus Christ returns, that will be the beginning of our true lives for everyone, be they sinner or saint. And so this ends the identification of who the lukewarm are. They are those that believe they are Christians. Yet they have turned from God to seek after wealth and pleasures of this earthly existence. They say they are Christians, yet they are hypocrites. And most don't even realize this very truth. But it's not too late. They can come back to God through His Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All they need to do is ask his forgiveness and turn away from the world and return to God. This means they must change how they live their lives. But it is the only way to return to God. They must not be the young rich man who is asked to sell all his worldly goods and turns away from Jesus in bewilderment. For he did not understand what Jesus was asking him to do. If you must sell all your earthly goods, do so. If you must turn away from the world of sports, do so. If you must turn away from the TV screen you stare at for hours on end, do so. If you must leave the life of carnality that you've gone into, do so. Return to your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and answer his call and do what he asks of you without question. Just do it. I ask this in the name of Lord Jesus Christ, my Savior. God bless you and be with you. I hope you heard. Amen. Make it count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself. Dream your dreams, chase your heart above all else. Make a name the world remembers. But all in Sell his empty dreams. I got lost in the light, but it was up to me to make a name the world remembers. But Jesus is the only name to remember. And I